Welcome to the Heed Army Podcast Live, brought to you in association with Northern Print Solutions, the Northeast's number one digital printers. The Heed Army Podcast is here to bring you all the information on Gated SC for the fans, by the fans. We also hope to have club interviews with staff and players, so keep an eye out for any of those interviews when they're advertised. Remember, the podcast is fully interactive. You can message us on our chat facility or via Twitter throughout the show. So come on and join us and have your say. Welcome to the Heed Army Podcast Live. Um, we've got Adam Bartlett in the studio with us, so we'd like all your messages and tweets. Uh, send them in, we'll read them out, and we'll be talking to uh, Adam about all things Gateshead. Also, we've got the Tit Heed quiz, and uh, one thing I didn't advertise, we've got a phone call with uh, Phil Turnbull as well, so we'll be talking about him, and uh, sadly he's, he's left the club now to uh, concentrate on teaching, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, also, we've got um, just all your messages to read out, and it'd be fantastic to do that. So it just leaves me to introduce uh, guests. Uh, Andrew Mitty, hello. Hello. Good evening. Yes, and Adam, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, thank you. Yes, so uh, it's fantastic we've got Adam here with us today. Um, so as I say, send any messages the normal way on the chat facility. I still haven't made a new advert on how to do it on the chat facility, so if you are listening for the first time, you can download the Spreaker app or on the Spreaker website, sign in with your Facebook account, takes two seconds and as soon as you've done that a little speech bubble will appear and uh, none of your details are taken from facebook just your name and um you can message us straight away on there and uh, we will play uh, how you can tweet us um but just starting off the initial news about uh phil turnbull leaving devastated how did it feel for you two boys um um you can't put in the words because he's, he's been such a good player for the past for the past eight years for um he's I was just talking about this before. Uh, part time himself, an okay player. As soon as we went full time, he was unbelievable. Yeah. He, d- he knew where to be on the pitch. He knew what to do exactly. It's it's going to be. He's going to be a massive miss for Certainly is, Miggy. He ruined my night. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the news. I story. mean, I kind of believe it, me. I mean, being a maid for Bart's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well um, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you how to tweet us, and we'd love you to do that. And when we come back, we'll start talking to Adam about his time at Gateshead. So I uh, will be back with you straight after this. Twitter corner waiting for your tweets. All you have to do is tweet me at heed underscore army. I'm waiting, so get your voice heard on the Heed Army podcast where you can talk about all things Gateshead. Now 
that is the way to tweet us. Um, so <laughs> please do so and let us know what you think of that advert still. We'd love to hear from you. Well, uh, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, thanks. And uh, I don't know, can you speak a little bit under the mic there? Hello. There we go, we can hear you now. Uh, as I say, um, devastating news for Gated fans when we found out you had been released similar to Phil Turnbull this week. Um, so you, you told us off air how you found out. Um, it wasn't ideal, but uh, as I say, what went through your mind when, when it happened? I was just disappointed more than anything. Um, I loved all three years that I had at the club and potentially I wanted to be at the club for a lot longer, but... It wasn't exactly a shock, I think, under under Gary Mills. I think I was going to let be let go anyway. Um, but when the new manager came in, I was a little bit more optimistic, thought I still had a chance and still had uh-huh. something to offer to the club. But um, he wanted to go in a different direction. He's brought in a top goalkeeper at this level in Sam Russell, so no complaints on that side of things. Uh, it was obviously just a little bit disappointed at the time with finding out through Twitter, but uh, football's ruthless, so yeah. um, no hard feelings. It happens. Um, just got to move on and like I say, I wish the club all the best. I mean, we had um, Graham Wood on last week. He said he was going to call you, and um, I believe he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. I spoke to Graham this afternoon. Um, you know, Graham's a top, top man. Uh, he's been phenomenal for Gateshead Football Club over the last nine years. Obviously, the new owners have come in, but they've, they've installed Graham and kept Graham on as chairman. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a Gateshead man through and through. He wants the best for the football club. He always has, always will. Um, so, no, I really appreciate his phone call. Um and like I say, no hard feelings from my side of things. I love my time at the club and I'll always be a Gator supporter from now on. Oh, it's fantastic to hear. Oh, it's coming from someone who played for Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't forgot that, mate. <laughs> um, when uh, you first signed for Gator, you joined from Hereford, a club that unfortunately went through terrible times since yeah. you left. But how did that move come about? What, how did you first find out Gator were interested? Uh, I got a phone call from, from Ian Borgie. Um, he rang just to see if I'd be interested in coming back to the North East. And uh, at the time, you know, unfortunately, my man wasn't well, so I was I was really desperate to get back up anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got the phone call, I was delighted. Uh, I spoke to Hereford straight away, went in and seen the chairman. The new manager at the time was Martin Foyle, and I'd already spoke to Martin and said that I wanted to stay at the club and obviously try and help them push back into the, into the football league. But when the opportunity came around, and obviously my man getting ill on top of that yeah. as well, it was just... You know, so ideal. It was perfect. Um, and uh, touch wood, since me mum's me mum's absolutely fine now. Uh, she's uh, she's actually going three years in remission now, which is brilliant. So fantastic. Literally signing back at the club. Uh, you know, she got the the all clear within a few months of being here, and then, like I said, I've had three great years since. So yeah. And so you mentioned you, you came in under Ian, underneath Ian Boogie, and um, I think he left um, probably about six months later. Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the season, and Mickey's got the T-shirt on, when we were the nomads of yeah. English football. Uh, we spoke to a few players that were involved in that side. What was it like having to be travelling all around the country just to play a home game? It was it was probably the strangest year that I've ever had in football. Um, we actually started the year quite well under Bogues. Um, then we kind of went a little bit pear-shaped around about the November-December time. Obviously, he lost his job early December, and then Ant came in. He didn't really get a honeymoon period because, you know, I think he only had the... The, the game against Cambridge which was his first game yeah. Barrow on Boxing Day oh, that was linking <laughs> away on the 28th and then it was um, the New Year's Day game against Barrow yeah. that shouldn't have been played on the pitch the last no. game on the pitch it was scary I mean we, we spoke to Phil Turnbull about that and he said that that day you could smell yeah. the pitch dying. you could yeah it was yeah. it was um, that goal mouth I, I remember obviously uh, Boise scored after what a minute into the game when, yeah, when it stopped it on the line stopped, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and obviously dive and then I remember just stinking for the rest of the 90 minutes it was it wasn't right um, but yeah I felt like I lived on that bus from that point on because obviously you know even playing a home game at Boston not only for us as players it must have been it must have been hard for yourselves as fans as well and the support that year was, was absolutely amazing you know travelling to the games week in week out at Hartlepool and on top of that going to away games it was you know from a player's point of view it was brilliant to see that it was just a little bit strange like I say getting on that bus Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday yeah. Saturday at times it was a uh, it was a long last few months of the season so was training affected during that time then was it more d- d- you know? yeah it was I, I mean I think Ant had a, a particular formation he wanted to use and I think um, it would have took a lot of work on the training ground for him to implement that and get his ideas across but mm-hmm. he never really got the time and I think it it became quite early on we went seven defeats in the new year in a row um, I think we missed pretty much all of January barely played a game yeah. and I think we ended up playing toward around about the 23rd 24th of Jan for the first time since the New Year's Day game we went to lose seven games so we went from a, a team that was still having an outside chance of the playoffs when, when Anth got the job to a team that was all of a sudden looking at the wrong end of the table because we had so many games in hand yet because we were playing all over the place it wasn't yeah. easy to put any sort of run together and nerves started to kick in really early so it was uh, it was probably the hardest few months and I think it was actually a massive achievement by that squad um, I know we stayed up on 55 points it went to the last game of the season I yeah. think that was a bit of a freak because it doesn't normally go no. it doesn't normally take that amount of points to stay up but I think uh, the club as a whole right the way from you know the chairman down to the fans players everybody I think the way that the club stuck together um, you know it was it was a very hard it was a very hard few months and I think that we came out of it really well in the end I think one of the turning points during that was the 2-2 draw with Southport yeah. when we were 2-0 yeah. down I think that kind of I think everyone kind of realised that yeah we can't do it yeah and uh, as I say Mickey Cummins head oh, I'll never it? forget yeah, I'll never forget <laughs> I actually came up for that corner it was literally the last yeah. pretty much the last kick of the game I was up there and probably been the closest I've ever been to the celebrations I remember running back <laughs> <laughs> uh, thought, I thought I was Shearer running all the way back on the penalty spot so. and uh, as I say the next season of course it, it started with a whimper and yeah. ended with well devastation but yeah. elation before that um, Ant Smith started the season in charge yeah. three games in unfortunately was gone did you think it was going to be another struggling season when that happened? Uh, at the time I did I mean obviously Gary Mills took over and I think it was what it was um, we'd lost the first four games of the season uh, drew against Macclesfield won at Walk and then um, then obviously Gary came in and you know even his first few games we, we, we had the win against Hereford in his first game yeah. at home then we went to Cambridge and lost and then Wrexham came and turned it over 3-0 uh, at home and yeah it did it it really did even when Gary first came in although he was giving him a lot of confidence and saying I believe we can do X, Y and Z um, it still felt like unless one or two players came to the club mm-hmm. you know it was going to be a long hard season but I think uh, one of the main turning points and maybe a player that I don't think he was underestimated but I think he came into his own over the course of the next 18 months was John Oster well, and John, John to came to the club and mm-hmm. would beat Tamworth away 1-0 and um, and John came in he was absolutely frightening in there with, with Phil Turnbull two players who can play football that way um, and the pitch that year was absolutely <coughs> phenomenal we had the best pitch in the yeah. league by a mile they won awards didn't yeah, they as well did, yeah. and, you know the, the pitch being as good as what it was and having having two players like that in, in the middle of the park and obviously uh, in the second half of the season Marcus Madison out wide the whole season James Marwood on the other side I think um, the way they played the ball and the way they could isolate them two one-on-one were defenders yeah. Um, you know, we were a team to be feared. I'm just uh, like when you mentioned John Oster, that's what I was going to say. That, that was the turning point. And at first, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's maybe a little bit too old." And I think it, 
when Wheeler, when people dialed into his um, where he was going to put the ball, yeah, you know, because he was he was ahead of everybody else, was, yeah. And uh, it just seemed to really take off, and it helped, especially helped Marcus after Christmas, didn't it? It did, yeah. I mean, Marcus was Marcus was a phenomenal player. I've never seen, you know, I've seen him do things in training that I expect Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale to be doing week in, week out. When that boy was on his day, he was absolutely unstoppable. And um, you know, I think Gary Mills, the way he was as a manager, was massive for Marcus. Um, you know, he, he kept him out the side and kept him grounded up until the Christmas period that little bit of a spat at Chester away on the 28th and yeah. I think that was really the making of Marcus because it could have went either way for him and I think he knows that I think he mm-hmm. could have been out the door come that yeah. point um, so I think the way that um, Gary it Mills the handled New Year's that, Day yeah, wasn't it was, yeah. it's when it's... I think Gary Mills handled that situation so well and then obviously Halifax away on New Year's Day wow what a performance you mm-hmm. know he came on at half time I think if I'm right and mm. completely turned the game on its head uh, nearly won it in injury time as well when he hit the bar yeah. and then he went on to win what conference player of the month that month and he was the key player from that moment yeah. on he was he was frightening what he's doing all yeah. this is when he, he's yeah. having his first few games for Peter yeah. Brother or ranting and raving yeah. about him so he, it's certainly been a fantastic move for him and we've got a few tweets that have come in um, we've got one from one second I'll get it up uh, Andrew there you go this one's from uh, Simon Simon tweeted saying what's your what's been your best heed game um, also what was the reason behind this penalty save at Nuneaton t- uh, two years ago uh, uh, by the way I thought that was your best performance I've ever seen you Nuneaton away Nuneaton uh, yeah. no, away a couple yeah. of years ago no, I was confident that day I, I did I felt, I felt it just felt like one of them days where everything seemed to seemed to go well for us best game on a personal note was probably in my opinion I love Grimsby away in the choir the, the playoff semi-final yeah. Um there was the save, there was a deflection, I made a save where I was pretty much on the line um, just after they had, they had equalised and the place was rocking at the time so mm-hmm. I felt that was quite pivotal and then obviously the save on half time from Alex Rodman um, there was a head on it, I turned it over the bar second half I was a little bit more quiet I didn't have a great deal to do but I just felt everything in general that day, especially with the occasion that, yeah. that was probably for me the one I'd pick out um, the reason for the penalty save actually, <laughs> it was early on the day would be having a pre-match at the hotel and uh, Wigan won TV and Scott Carson was in goal mm-hmm. and Scott Carson does that so they'd had a penalty against them he'd done exactly the same as me except this time they scored and it was just I mean I think we'll win the game 4-1 at the time I think there was only 10 minutes left and I thought you know what why not He when he walked away from the ball he turned around and he didn't face me so he didn't uh. turn back he didn't turn back until he ran up to the ball so when I seen him walk away from it and stand there I thought you know what I'm going to stand over here I might freak him out a bit and Turned out it did. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, we're watching because we want to know that obviously the opposite side yeah, of the yeah. stand. We're like, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, I tried it again a few weeks later. I wrecked him away. Uh, he stuck it in the top corner. And just, <laughs> it doesn't work every time. It's just one of them things that happened oh, on the day. We've got worked. another tweet. Uh, Dan Bell said, Evening, lads. Was dev- devastated to see Twinny leave, but wish him all the best. Great to see Marwood back on the other hand. Yeah, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Um, James Marwood back at the club and also. One of the last players to sign was uh, Jamie Chandler, so um, it's fantastic that we've still got them on board. Um, probably agree with you, Anne Schofield, on that tweet, but we're not reading it out. Um, we've got another um, tweet. Tucky T said, uh, I'd like to thank Adam for all he has done for Gateshead. Hashtag topkeeper. There we go. So if you've got any more messages, please send them in. It would be great to hear from you. I think we've got a message on the chat facility. 
And um, do you want to read this one out? Um, it's exactly. We've already answered it. Simon. Oh, we have. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realise. Sorry. Um, yep. So fantastic. Also, we've got a message from your former teammate Alex Berdys. But um, I'd just like to wish him all the best in the future with coaching in football, as he helped me a lot. With, with both, of, of, I'm very grateful uh, for what he's done. Top man. So there we go. So that's some Alex in Australia. Ah, top man. Yeah. So um, lovely, lovely lad, Alex. Yeah. Because we're ten of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe he's um, moving out to Australia as well. Yeah, he so, is. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, he is as well. Yeah. So, no, I wish Alex all the best. He was a, he was a lovely lad, and I thoroughly enjoyed the two years working with him as well. Wish him all the best. Um, we've got a message from Sam Pendleton. He's put, evening, lads. Really good about Phil Turnbull has left the heat. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Alan Bartlett. Best keeper in the conference, in my opinion. So, they're getting high praise. <laughs> That's good for Sam Russell, then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matty Hewitt has put this advert uh, never gets any easier for anyone listening so it's getting a lot better and um, we've got, I thought one second and uh, Sam Pendleton sent another message in saying uh, really happy that Marwood has returned to the heed uh, so yeah fantastic stuff um, right we're going to play uh, an advert for the uh, extra heed campaign Cloven and when we come back we're going to uh, speak to Phil Turnbull so we'll be back with you just after this The Extra Heed, raising money for the club we love. We are currently selling polo shirts, hoodies and sweatshirts featuring the Extra Heed logo. Contact Dave Allen on 079-01-826-282. Yes, um, if you are interested in any of the Extra Heed merchandise, get in contact with Dave Allen and Dave. We'll be only too happy to help. So now we're going to ring Phil Turnbull. Hopefully he's answering the phone. He isn't putting his fake tan on, hopefully. So um, we'll be speaking to him. Just hopefully it's going to start to ring. There we go. Getting his maid's uniform on for bar tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Phil. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Heat Podcast. Hello, mate. Yeah, spot on. Uh, Phil, it's uh, devastating news for everybody this week that you've decided to leave the club. I think everyone wishes you all the best, but I was just saying, what sparked that to happen for you? Um, well, it, it's no secret. Um, I had an had an unbelievable relationship with a gaffer that was in there. Um, but I would I come to terms with that. You know, I mean, it, it's been an unbelievable two years with him. But uh, the gaffer, put the, uh, sorry, the channel was here in the summer, and. Um, I think I realised how vulnerable I am at Gateshead in a sense, you know what I mean? I was worried that, what do I do from there? Um, don't get us wrong, the new owners have come in and, listen, they'll be unbelievable for the club, but at the time I was thinking, what will I do? So uh-huh. I, I, I pulled a few strings at the time and um, I spoke to an old teacher of mine and I, and I said to her, I said, listen, is there any jobs kicking about in PE? Um, and, and then I went on holiday with my girlfriend. I heard, from the, I heard the club had been bought. Um, and, and the fans will know, and Graham would know. There's no, there was nobody else ever involved for me other than the gate, and I've absolutely loved every single minute of my time there. Um, but so I agreed to speak to Malcolm, um, and I went along with him. And this offers an offer as a new contract, which is brilliant. I was over the moon with it. And um, and then me old school teacher got in touch and said that there was an interview available on the Friday. Um, so I spoke to Malcolm on the Tuesday, um, agreed a new contract, which is brilliant. And 
he came and seen us on the Thursday at my house because he's staying in Shields and I signed it. And to be fair, I, I went on the interview because I didn't want to stitch up my old teacher from school uh-huh. because she has been brilliant by us. And um, I went to the interview thinking nothing would come of it. And it, it, the job was offered. And I mean, people might think I'm, I'm just saying it for effect type thing, but of 10 nights I haven't slept. I haven't, honestly, I, every, single, every single day at 3 o'clock I wake up and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And well, eventually me... I, I ran Graham and I spoke to Graham and Graham has been absolutely brilliant with me and it's because of him I absolutely love Graham the bits me and because of him respect for him I wanted to please him and I went and seen him and he said go away and think about it for 24 hours so I, I went and thought about it and he said come back to my house tomorrow at 4 o'clock and I pulled up outside his house at 4 o'clock he probably doesn't know this himself I pulled up outside his house at 4 o'clock and he's, Graham's got a brick wall outside his house like a big brick wall and I sat for, outside his house for 45 minutes and, and I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Uh-huh. And I went in and, and like I said, I, I would never want to disappoint Graham because he's been absolutely unbelievable by me. And uh, I went in his house and Graham, Graham put us in the stain and, and I said, I'm going to stay. And then I left and I went home and I just knew I, it wasn't the right decision for me in terms of... I'm at, I'm at an age now where I've got to look after my future and... Um, I went home and I spoke to my mum and my mum said, well, if, if that's what you're thinking, you're going to have to go back and see him and, and I would never want to leave things on bad terms with Graham because he's been fantastic by me and the club's been unbelievable by me. So I went back and seen him and I, and I said, Graham, I'm, so, I'm not on his door and I said, Graham, I'm sorry to do this, but um, it's, the next, it's the next chapter of my life and I'm going to have to move on type thing. And yeah. Like I said, he's, he's been absolutely unbelievable. I couldn't ask him himself Gary Davis and uh, Brian Wait have been absolutely amazing and, I mean, and well, when, you the, when you came on the show the other week I mean obviously we didn't say this on air but we knew that um, obviously you had offers from other places and we, we we didn't know what was going to happen with the club at the time we said look after yourself I think everyone would understand and that you know, I, I don't think anyone can argue with with what's happened this summer. You know, not not many people knew what was going to happen, and especially if, yeah. you know, you've, you know, as you say, you're getting to that point in life where other things are more important. So I think every Gator fan, as you've seen online as well, the the, the, uh, the emotions that came out for you was just um, fantastic to see. I was going to say, do you know, do you know things, and you you do things in your life, and you think, oh, was was that the right thing to do, and was it worth it, and things like that, and. You know, and uh, Saturday morning, Rory from the club, who's brilliant as well, he messages and says, listen, I'm going to put it out there in 30 minutes um, about about the crack and that like, you're leaving. And, and I was nervous about what... And you know what it is? The fans were absolutely unbelievable. And I really mean that. The, not one bad comment. And, and do, do, do you know what it is? I, 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 and the fans, I think the fans know that I've, I've grafted it. And, and they know how much I love the club. I've grafted and I've given everything I have for the club. But even even more important than that, people like Simon Lowry, Andy Humphrey, and 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 they're only two that I've mentioned talking about us as a person, which more than football itself. You know, I mean, it, yeah, I, I can walk away and I can say, listen, I'm proud of what I've done. It was eight unbelievable seasons, a great journey, and and I've left it on good terms and. You know, it, yeah. you, you cannot ask for more than that. The fans were, as you say, the, 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 there won't be many professional footballers that can walk away from the game being wanted, not just by Gated but by a few other clubs. Um, so it, it, you've left on top, and you, you're leaving for pastures new, and hopefully it all works out fantastically for you, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I I hope I hope so. Um, if the next eight years are as good as the last eight years, I'll, well, I'll be a happier man. I'd, I'd snap my hand up now. Um, it, it it has been. It's been amazing. And like and like I said, Rory got in touch with us and said, "If I could get a few quotes off you," and I says, "Listen, I've I've wrote some of them myself because I want to I want to thank all the fans for what they've said. Like, well, for the support over the years, and um, all the things I said in the letter that I've put there, I meant it. You know, I mean, it's it's been amazing. And I joined the club, and I'd I'd like to think the fans appreciate the fact that um, when I left, when I joined, sorry, the club's in a lot better place when I leave. We've had two promotions with. We've went there West Brom and their fake cup, which was a which was a big um which is a big day for the club. We've went to Wembley, we've survived in the last of the season, we've 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 Wrexham at their place, we've battered Luton at uh, Carlisle and it's been amazing eight years and but I, I feel as if the decision I've made personally is the, is the right decision for me. I may be wrong, you never know, in a few years I may live to regret it, but at this moment in time I think it's I think it's the right decision. Well, that, that, you know, speaking on behalf of all Gated fans, I think we'd all like to thank you for what you've done. And um, I'd say we've got Adam in the studio with us. Have you got a question for him? Adam, um, aye. What's crack? Where we're signing, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know, Adam? Bart, do you know? 20. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Bart, Bart himself knows that he was probably a bit too early with his opinions on what he's going to do next season. You're, you're not going to get a bit of keep in this league the league above are probably the, the bottom 12 teams in the league below that man he's he's unbelievable I, I give a one of the uh, Barrow managers messaged me the, 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 sorry the Barrow assistant manager messaged me the other day and says what's your, what's your thoughts on Barton and Barton himself what I think of him he's, you're not going to get better I said he's unbelievable he, he I, Hey, Bart, you know yourself, but you probably think now, I wish I hadn't opened my mouth. Hi, you're not getting a more professional keeper, you're not getting a better keeper in any of them leagues. And that's a fact. I mean, Sam Russell, I wish him all the best coming in. He'd be brilliant for the club. He's a great keeper as well, but Adam, you're not getting better than Bart and anywhere in the end. I'm telling you that. And it's not just because he's, he's in there with you now. That's a fact. And, and you can speak to any of the lads that are at the club, you can speak to James and people like that too, who've been around for 12 years. There's, there's not been anyone like him there, and that's a fact that. Yeah, well, I will say, Phil, thank you very much for talking to us. Um, hopefully, we'll speak to you throughout the season, and um, all the best uh, in everything that you do. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Phil. All the, best for the, all the best for the club next year, and in, in the future, I'll be there supporting when I can. On Cheers. the clothesline, I hope, Phil. <laughs> Steve Farmfield's got a seat waiting for you. Ah, yeah. Why didn't you turn up for Stevie Farmfield's party? I was gonna say, tell him now I've got a free license to do him in when I am TT are looking for him Philly and Stevie Terminal are gonna do. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot, lads. Oh, there we go. That was Phil Turnbull on the phone there. Fantastic to hear from him. And uh, you could hear the emotion in his voice. It wasn't an easy decision for him. Uh, and uh, so I think everyone wishes him all the best. And um, I'll tell you what, before we uh, go to the Titheed quiz, we've got a message from Simon on the chat facility. It says, uh, Bart, did you ever get your stolen boot back? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, um, Simon Larry got us it back about three months later, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously the late Norian game in pre-season it went missing. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, you got it back for us somehow. So well played, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've got a tweet from uh, Matty Hewitt. Uh, he says, "Did any of the lads buy any of Bed's trainers?" <laughs> so to be fair, a few of them did. Yeah, got a cheap skate. Log, uh, <laughs> he must have been uh, one of them. Uh, no, uh, tell you who was a big culprit. Jamie Chandler was a big culprit, and Rob Ramshaw. Yeah, Gullible. Pretty much, yeah. Walking around in thirty pound Nike Snides. So I, I think the real ones were only eighty quid in the shop. <laughs> I think they were less than that. Um, right, well we're gonna play an advert for uh, Neil Smith's uh, sports photography, so when we'll come back we'll do the Titty quiz and uh, we'll be back with you straight away. Do you want to own memories from Gators FC matches? Then visit neilsmithsportsphotography.com. You will find photos from previous seasons as well as the current one available or for purchase. Just £2 per image or £15 for 10 Yes, that is how you get... Uh photos from neil smith photography and it's not just from the last season it's from the two seasons prior to that so if you want an action shot of bots he's the man that's got them because there's quite a few i mean actually did you see the amount of photos that was tw- i mean you probably retweeted them but there was lots of photos and yeah. um, people had sent to you as well yeah there was yeah. right your time at gator which was quite nice to brilliant. see yeah no brilliant so fantastic right we're going to do the titty quiz now and uh since adam's a goalkeeper they're all uh goalkeeper related so we've got the quiz background music on then we can't hear it but the people at home can um David Seaman played how many games for Peterborough United between 1982 and 1984? Not a, not a clue. <laughs> have, have a stab in the dark. It's the closest wins. Between 1982 and 1984. How many games did he play? None. None. Right. He thinks it's a trick question. Mickey? I'll go 20. 20. And Andrew? 42. 42. Joe Hart has played how many games so far for Manchester City? Go on, Mickey, you can go first. 153. 153. Adam? 132. 132. Andrew? Do you want to have it more? I reckon it's nearly like 192. One nine two. I don't know. The boys look confident there, mate. No, I'm, I'm starting to think about it now. You've gotten the team early, right. didn't you? Pavel Cernicek and his two stints at Newcastle United played how many games? Go on, Adam, you can go first. 130. One, three. Oh. And on his second stint, he only played like three or four games, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go for 98. Eight, Mickey. Well, I think you played over a hundred. I got a hundred and eight. Hundred and eight. Right, Dutch keeper Ed De Hoy, um played how many career games? That's not international, just career games. Go on, Andrew, you can go for club games. Yeah, club games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Career games international. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Um, no oh, idea. Six hundred and two. Six hundred and two. Adam. Seven hundred and sixty. Seven hundred and sixty. Mickey. I'm gonna go. I think it's something like five seven five or something. Five seven five. Right. Adam Bartlett has played how many games for Gateshead? Go on, Adam. Hundred and fifty one. Hundred and fifty one. <laughs> oh, that was it. You see, <laughs> <laughs> not that he's been counting. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey. 
that's how it was coming up 151 games so this club and I can't even pick and bring us <laughs> 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 I got 151 151 <laughs> I got 152 <laughs> <laughs> right um, and the, the bonus question is how many games did you play for Blythe 117 117 Miggy too many too many <laughs> It's 117 more than they should have. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, what's your guess? Come on. Uh, again, five. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Andrew? 106. 106, right. Let's have a look at the answers. Right. David Seaman played how many games for Peterborough United between 82 and 84? He played 91 games. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Andrew, you're closest there. What did I say? Uh, 42. Oh. Joe Hart has played how many games for Manchester City so far? He's played 231. Wow. So, uh, who's closest there? God, Andrew, you're doing well oh, this week. I'll tell you what, mate. He's, he's, mate. The, he's the loser all the time. <laughs> um, Pavel Cernicek played how many games for Newcastle United? He played 152. So, oh. you're the closest there with 1-3-2. Mickey, it's not looking good for your son. Oh, um, right. Ed DeHoy played how many career games? He played 559. I got Mickey, that one. Yep, you're the closest there with 575. Still a uh, chance Adam could be the chance, yes. <laughs> um, How many games has Adam Bartley played for? Um, for Gateshead, it's 130. Really? Yeah. <laughs> where do you get the? Hang on. Where do you get these answers from? According to Wikipedia. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 151. 151. Right. Well, you've all, all got a point that's there. Competition. Yeah. We've all. Trophy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've all. We've all got a. You've all got a point there. So uh, <laughs> whoever gets this one right is uh, probably going to uh, not be the titied. And um, how many games did he play for Blythe? Um, the answer is 113. Are you the closest? So there we go. Adam wins. He isn't the titied, and Mickey. That me is. Yeah. Yeah. So I just couldn't handle the fact that he played for them. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, um, he's been sprayed since then. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> as long as he played more games for Gateshead, it's all right. Um, right, we've got a few. Uh, well, Sam Pendleton said he was back in Mickey to win the quiz. It didn't work out that way. Did it? Since he started backness, I keep losing. Yeah, and Dave Allen. Sorry, Sam. Dave Allen had sent a message for just saying uh, hello and uh, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Um, he's also sent another message. Uh, message to the supporters: There will be no quiz this Thursday due to holiday commitment. A date with the supporters club AGM will be announced soon. Are you kidding? So I've put my holidays in from work so I could go to the quiz. Have you? Uh, uh, well, th- I've even got the quiz advert lined up as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's shocking. Um, and um, where, do you, where do you reckon Dave's going? Has, has to be Tenerife. It's got to be Tenerife. Or Amble. He does, oh, he's, got, he's got a caravan up there as well. Um, I think we've got another couple of tweets here. Um, another one from Tucky T. Uh, what was Adam's proudest moment for Gated? Getting to Wembley. Aye. Yeah, getting to Wembley. Winning against uh, Grimsby in that second leg. Best feel never. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was just about to come to that. I mean, um, the, the build-up was immense. Yeah. Um, the, the way we went into the, we secured the playoffs, we kind of knew... But we kept that winning momentum going, even though we had already secured it a few games um, to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, the Grimsby game, the first one we mentioned it before, you pulled off two fantastic saves in the first half. And I don't know if you've seen the, any of the TV coverage afterwards. Yeah, they were bigging it up at half time. Because I was watching it, I yeah. couldn't get down there. I was like, oh, it, was, it was just nerve wracking. And then just talk through the game at uh, the International Stadium, the second leg. I mean, it. It had it all, really, didn't it? It did. I mean, just everything about 
obviously playing at the, the international stadium itself and mm-hmm. you know however many fans we get through I think going into the Southport and then the Cambridge game we were getting 2,000 3,000 but we're always just still in the main stand there yeah. and then um, obviously knowing how many tickets was getting sold speaking to people at the club in the in the, the week building up to that uh, sorry the few days building up to that game it was uh, it was scary people were saying it's going to be 6,000 7,000 and obviously at the end there was yeah. over 8,000 at the game and um, just seeing the lines outside the ground even coming in like an hour and a half two hours before kickoff, it was wow uh-huh. and uh, it was a good day as well so the sun was out mm-hmm. um, and just walking out onto the pitch and, and, and like I say the, the roar was unbelievable I'm obviously the best best thing I've experienced at the at the international stadium and then obviously the game the way it panned out itself going 1-0 up mm-hmm. uh, obviously the goalkeeper made a mistake and I mean it was great at the time, but it was a shame for him because he had a phenomenal season. Yeah. So you don't wish that on anybody in the big game. But oh, you do. I'd prefer him to struck it right yeah. in the top and you couldn't the, get anywhere near there was, it. But. There was a few um, controversial moments. Yeah. And I, when I watched it back on the television, the foul on Baxter, yeah. I know a lot of people said it didn't make contact, but you definitely on the TV, you can definitely hear yeah, a clap yeah, of well, studs. Obviously, he's went in with his studs up. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it looks like Baxter's made a bit of a meal of it, and you know, but. This, the, on the same on the same talk, and if if that was the other way around, you're not telling me that uh, Scott Nielsen would have done the same yeah. thing. I mean, mm. as I say, on the you on know. the on the television replay, you, you, you hear the studs click. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there is contact. Yeah. You know, so no, it isn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's not something you condone somebody diving around. But obviously, he said even after the game, and since that, you know, there was contact there. Mm-hmm. You could hear and see the contact yeah. on television, even if it was minimal. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, he came in, studs up. You know, he's mm-hmm. foot off the floor. Um, he got a red card and I think we went on I know they equalised just after but yeah. again after that point we went on and completely dominated I mean obviously the there was the, the other red card when Magnier yeah. got fouled and then I mean from where you were when Marwood put that beauty in yeah. and um, it just had a you know it just I mean it just took off didn't it, it did. I mean, from the, there. The, the, the place obviously it just erupted and I think them being down to nine men as soon as they went down to nine men I knew we were getting to the final yeah. and it was only because even on top of the fact there was only 10 minutes left you know if they'd gone extra time and had to play another 30 minutes the way we were passing the ball yeah. around at the time um, they wouldn't have been able to live away I think it would have um, it would have ended up being more than 3-1 had it gone extra mm-hmm. time because they would have been dead on the feet uh, but Marwood's striking at the top corner I mean that's just something that you want to relive again that was yeah. what a feeling when it went in then I, I was I tried not to celebrate that one too much, thinking there's still you know seven eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. Try and keep your concentration, but you know when uh, JJ went round the goalkeeper in the in the last minute and put it in the back, yeah. there, that's probably that is probably the best feeling I've ever had in football. Just you know knowing mm-hmm. I've been a part of something for over the course of a season and getting to Wembley and the fact it was obviously Gated football. I, mean, I, I was I was a bit of a mess when that goal went. Yeah, in. I just that just collapsed me. Yeah, I was I was, I was, I was no. up on the disabled viewing balcony because right. I had a job operation. Yeah. So like I couldn't jump about and I was just I was just bubbling, <laughs> tears, snots, no. the lot. It was a horrible scene, but uh, just the noise as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, and how how long did it take you to get off the pitch? Uh, to, to be honest, it didn't take too long. I, I, Chuck some elbows, did he? <laughs> <laughs> you went to Grimsby end, though, weren't you? <laughs> I would have quite quietly ran away from that, like. No, obviously, I mean, the, the fans came straight on the pitch. It was great. It was something I'd never experienced before. It's something you look at as a kid and you always want. You think, you know, you see people winning things and getting mm-hmm. the finals and then obviously pitch invasions. And um, and then when all the fans ran on, you know, it was, it was brilliant. But at the same time, as much as I enjoyed it, like I wanted to see, I wanted to see my teammates. Yeah. I wanted to see my mates. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to celebrate it with them at the same time as I did with the fans. So it was great getting back to the change rooms and obviously everyone yeah. like, 
you know the the, the team spirit we had that year was again something I've never experienced in football. It was just a complete great blend of people. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. There was no <clears throat> clicks in amongst the group, and um, you know everyone loved each other. And it was uh, it was it was the most enjoyable season I've ever had in football. Yeah. And um, as I say, the the build up the following week and a half was just unreal, wasn't it? The media attention were everywhere, and yeah. Uh, it's just yeah we, we obviously we had TV coverage went and done interviews at the Angel North David James even came and took us for a session oh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was working with BT Sport at the time and um, he came to do an interview and he interviewed Gary Mills and Darren Caskey about the game and then all of a sudden he, he went up to the gaffer and he said uh, listen I've got my boots and gloves in the car if your lad wants to do a bit mm-hmm. so Gaffer came and said to us, you know, you wanna you wanna do a session with David James and you know, the fella's got over fifty caps for England yeah. and I know he's got a bit of a reputation as Calamity James and so on, <laughs> but you know, the the guy's the top clean sheet holder in the Premier League, etc. You know, what a you know, what a chance that was yeah. just to have a little hour with him. So no, it was a, a bit of a surreal week, but again one that I'll live in the memory for the rest of my life. Yes, but has he not offered you to go to India? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, he was coach, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you teach him that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got another message from Sam Pendleton. He's got, uh, what's the best player you've played with at the Heed? Um, for, I mean, Marcus was unbelievable, but I think for just sheer consistency was probably Phil Turnbull. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just saying that just because he was on the phone singing my praises just before, but it is. I mean, the the way that we tried to play football once, you know, when Bogues was in charge and then uh, we went off it a little bit under under Ann Smith too because of, like I said, the reasons of trying to get results and being away from home all the time. But when Gary Mills came back in, he adopted that philosophy again. You know, Phil was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we might look unattractive at times or um, a little bit over patient when we're, we're playing out from the back and it was taking six or seven passes and mm-hmm. sometimes even more than that to get Phil into a position where he could spray one of them diags but for somebody that done that so much I'd say 99 out of 100 got to its target mm-hmm. um, I mean what just to, when you mentioned the way he played like that I mean we had them two games with Oxford United as well in that yeah. uh, Wembley season and the second game was just uh, I mean was it seventy eight percent possession we had think, in the ninety minutes? Yeah, it was it was just ridiculous. And sheer robbery, absolute robbery. Yeah. I, mean, I remember being a you know cold bitter night etc. And mm-hmm. uh, conditions you know weren't great. I think it was a bit blustery again as it always is at the international stadium. Yeah. I think a breeze there feels like a gale force wind. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's again completely dominated that game. It was a shame because we should have finished the job off down there, and then obviously they got a soft penalty right at the end, but. Um, no, that was a that was a crying shame because uh-huh. we should have absolutely battered them. Really. I, think, I think it was one, a, a, well, not a great, but one of those things where obviously we had a fantastic season, great camaraderie within the squad, but we just seemed to be missing a striker that season, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, obviously, we had the two lads out wide that both chipped in with a lot of goals. Um, you know, there was again unsung heroes that were let go that summer. Like I think Colin Larkin off had a lot of the team. He had a lot mm. of pace. Um, wasn't the most natural of finishers so he'd get in a lot of positions a yeah. bit. he was a bit like in my opinion um, a bit like a non-league style Craig Bellamy where mm. you know he had the pace and everything to threaten defenders he'd get into great areas but sometimes he'd fluff his lines a little bit but people like Josh Walker stepped up to the play from time to time um, I think Josh was a again a good player uh, just for whatever reason it didn't, didn't click with him and Gary Mills and come that summer I think we all knew Josh was going to let go just due to the fact that I think that um Gary just didn't see eye to eye with him for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. I think I think Josh popped up playing centre forward from time to time. I think he scored six goals that yeah. year. Yeah, I think when, um, when he first played, he scored he two scored goals. Two against yeah. Alfreton, if I remember right, he scored um, two in the game against Hereford. Uh, he popped up with a 
big goal away at Lincoln when we won 1-0 mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah I think um, well, then we've got a message from Simon Lowry and he's put best save question mark he goes remember a wonder save versus Hyde at Croft Park yeah yeah I, I, to be honest that season we actually got um, we actually used to get discs Oh, I used to get discs anyway. Borg started off and then Ant carried it on. There was somebody from um, the college or the university who used to just get my clips from the games, everything I'd done. It only lasted a couple of minutes, just kicking like saves, mm-hmm. etc. the goals that I conceded. So I just so I could have a look and kind of analyse what I could have done better and so on. And no, I, was, I, I was actually I was actually trying to get a little kind of uh, video CV put together with not kind of knowing what I'm going to be doing next. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the one of the saves that I, I managed to have the disc. I still had the disc in yeah. it and I put it on. I, you know, that was a, uh, obviously playing back at, at Croft Park for the first time in a competitive game since I left Blythe. Um, and to make that save in what was a massive game at the time because it was kind of between us and Hyde. Mm-hmm. I think it was quite big at the time in terms of I think we were quite similar on points. They were trying to put a little bit of a run together and we were in a rut. So um, I think it was 1-0 or 0-0 at the time and that was probably... Now he said that that was definitely up there in me, me top three, top three saves for the club. Um, we've got another one here. Who's the worst player you've played with at the Heat? I don't know if that's <laughs> how nasty that could be. Like, um, <laughs> not so much worst player, but uh, probably the most interesting, strange character I've ever come across in football was Peter Ball. Oh, I, <laughs> was, I remember I, going down to York when we were playing Kitty. Remember it was a yeah, foggy yeah, night, yeah. and he's sitting there in the bar with Uggs on. And no, that was, that was, the that players are players are one table. That was Jason No, no, no. Oh, Fowler, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he turn up in pajamas and or a onesie and up boots? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was that would have been his debut as well. He literally just he was a strange character as well. He used to used to ring the manager at Borough. I think it was Tony Mowbray at the time. And he used to ring him after a game and be like, yeah, yeah, gaff, I was crap today. And you're thinking, well, you're on loan. <laughs> he wouldn't know. You could have rang him up and told him you were unbelievable. <laughs> He'd ring him up and be like, nah, I wasn't very good today. Nah, I give the ball away too much, etc. He was, again, a strange one. But Peter Ball, the one that sticks in my mind, we played Mac away again in that season with Antoine. We won 4-0 and we were four at half time. Yeah. And uh, watched the game on the bus on the way back. So we just kept getting it rewound after the goals that were scored because he was kind of involved in all of them and you'd see the lads all run off to celebrate literally bar me the other nine lads and then you'd just see Peter Ball by himself walking back to the halfway line he never celebrated <laughs> once just you know just like yeah we've scored we're 2-0 up so what just, he never had any crack with the lads he was just he was just there he was just there hey, man. I'll tell you what we'll carry on the chat when we come back we'll play a message from the sponsors and we'll be right back with you after this Northern Print Solutions, supporting the Heed Army podcast. We never compromise on quality and are completely customer focused. From simple business cards to high end brochures, we have it all covered. Call us on 0191 411 1698. Or you can email us at info at northernprintsolutions.co.uk. Well, that was a message from our sponsors, Northern Print Solutions. And, um, well, see, we've still got um, just over 10 minutes. So if you want to send in your messages and tweets, please do so. And um, I've got a question. Yeah. That's okay. Yep. Who's the best player you've ever played against in your whole career? Oof, um, <coughs> was it the lad from Ghoul? 
Ah, for God, I'm going to the team shit on you. I mean, I played against some good players. I was lucky enough to play against some good players when I was kind of a young lad coming through. And this was probably before um, they made it onto the scene that they did, like so Wayne Rooney and things. I played mm. against him quite a bit in the youth and the reserves. Same with uh, Aaron Lennon, Tom Huddleston, Scott Carson. Um, but I'm, along the lines of actually uh, being being a pro, I'm not too sure. To be honest, I, I remember playing. I remember playing Portsmouth when I was at Hereford in the League Cup, and they had some some players like. Uh, some top players as well, Cornu and hmm. um, Nico Cranshaw, um, that Asmia Begovic in goal. But other than that, would probably be again when we played against West Brom. You know, they, they also had some yeah. some top Premier League talent out there as well. And, you know, I they mean, played a strong the, team I on mean, the day. Some, I don't want to go on about letting in seven, but yeah. I mean, some of them were worldies. I, I mean, mean, it was just, it was, again, it was one of them where. I mean, like, my me, me family came to the game and obviously I spoke to a few friends that went as well afterwards. Now, I let in seven goals and I actually, like, as a goalkeeper, you can't let in seven and, and do okay, or at least that would be the, yeah. mm. you know, the, the general consensus of things. But actually came off the pitch and thought, have I had a bad game? Like, yeah, mm. it that, wasn't, there was, was there only was, really... There was, the two, pit, there was two yeah. of them Berahino ones that yeah. nobody would have got to the yeah. placement on them. Was it, just, was, it was just, like I say, one, one of them where... Um, just I, I made a couple of saves in the second half, but in general, everything the hit went in, and like you say, I don't think probably five of the seven there was a great deal I and could have what, done. What went through your mind? Was this for Graham Wood and a couple other people that's been on? What went through your mind when you seen Oster one on one any put it wide? In the first half, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it was good. It was good build up play on the right. It, it got played back then. I think he had more time. Mm-hmm. It was strange for John because he's the most composed man in the world, and he, yeah. I think he had a lot more time than he realised. It was probably the first time in his career he's probably uh, he's probably rushed something. Yeah. Um, but no, if, if, if I think if I had scored, I know Tony Pulis wasn't happy with their first four. Yeah, I was what yeah. I couldn't get down because my mum was bad, so I watched it online yeah. on the American feed, and the, the, the build up they gave her was just amazing. I'd yeah. love to get a copy of it because yeah. it was fantastic, and they were just they just building up so yeah, much, well, and then yeah. they showed the footage live of Tony Pulis running down the yeah. stand. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could see the panic in his face. I remember, <laughs> I, I remember watching match of the day that night, and I remember them. I think it was Lawrence and etc. on there, and they were saying, "Had you not known." Mm. who the Premier League side was if you were just somebody coming into the country and didn't know anything mm. about football and you watched that you would have thought Gates had with the Premier League team in the first half and I think we did we dominated the ball we played out from the back yeah. something that you wouldn't expect to do against the Premier League side where you know we dominated possession we created the better chances and then all of a sudden you know obviously the man that that a lot of people are talking about and they've put a big price tag on his head Berahino came into his own and yeah Scored a couple of beauties, unfortunately. It uh, must have been gone well because Ranks played well for forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I think there was another chance. I think Ranks actually had a massive chance, and I don't think people really realised it at the time. Um, the corner came in, and uh, he was wrestling yeah. the defender kind of in the six-yard box, banging in the middle of the goal, and I think he just kind of slipped at the wrong time because he got the contact on the yeah. ball. He just seemed kind of shinned into the ground, and Boaz uh-huh. Myhill made a comfortable save, but. It could have been, honestly, if we went 1-0 up, it could have been so, so different. We've got a couple of tweets here. Um, Dan Bell said, if memory serves right, uh, I can remember Bart making a great save against Luton in a 0-0 draw. Pitch got really heavy second half. No, that was Tim DC. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, That's why the pitch was nugget. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got another tweet. Um, and This is from Tucky T. Who's Adam's best roommate and why? Um, to be fair, the majority of the time I roomed with uh, with Baird or Alex Baird. 
um, over the last two years before that I've been with Jordan Nixon so it's generally been goalkeepers together um, the last few months of the season or from when Berto got injured around about the December time I was room with uh, Matty Patterson I've knew yeah. Pato since mm. I was a kid Obviously, apart from Bristol I'm guessing I was in with Berto in Bristol yeah um, in about three different hotels so. <laughs> but no I'd, 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 go, I'd go with Berto he's a, he's, a, he's a top lad and obviously you know, two goalies together you can talk goalkeeping as much as you want so yeah. I'll go better. So was he a bitch? Was yeah, he yeah. A bitch? <laughs> to be fair, Bero made an unbelievable cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is Jimmy Chandler the terror that we believe he is on a week? Uh, he was, yeah, he wasn't there. Uh, to be honest, the kidneys came out in the last few months of the season. Uh, obviously, room with um, Rob Ramshaw, but we actually stayed when we stayed down Dover Way. We stayed in a little house, and me and Pat O were, were roommates with with uh, Chan and Rob. And yeah, I got a little bit giddy that trip, and I started trying to. Uh, do a little bit myself to walk him so you know Rob got the brunt of that but uh, they, never, they never got his back in fairness I'd done something on the last game of the season I think the last away game overnight was walking as well I can't remember what I'd done but I'd done something to the men as well um, I think I'd depeated Rob's underpants he never even <laughs> He may do that regularly, that's why I didn't notice. Um, Dave Higgins has put, enjoyed the podcast this evening, uh, wishing the guys all the best in their new ventures, an emotional even uh, uh, last episode of Top Gear 2, well I hope you've recorded that and you're listening to us. Um, Carl McGuinness has put, um, if Alan Irvin had still been in charge, I reckon we may have got something out of that game, uh, I think the West Brom game. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I, I, I knew Alan, he was academy director my first my first year at Newcastle he was a lovely lovely guy but for whatever reason it just didn't work out for him there um, and we were actually looking at that in the build up of the game I remember them getting beat 2-0 at home off Man City a few weeks before yeah. we went there at the Christmas period and we were all seeing the change room just hold on hold off yeah. sacking him because we, I think everybody expected him to get to get sacked mm. at some point we were just hoping that it would be after us because I think oh, even when he got the sack I thought oh well they haven't brought anyone yeah. in they brought Pulis, yeah, they brought Pulis in literally two days before the game and yeah. the type of manager he was I expected the game to go a lot different first half because I thought they were going to be in my faces they were going to be bang up for it and it was the complete polar opposite yeah. and, um, obviously they, they turned it on or we crumbled whatever yeah. way you want to put it in the second half um, but got a message about the same about the same game uh, could Adam hear the gated fans singing for most of the second yeah half? it was phenomenal and like <laughs> I said me my mum, my dad, my brothers were in the crowd as well and they just said, it, it just seemed that every goal that went in, it got louder. Um, and like, I mean, I could see us all second half, obviously. It was uh, it was completely bouncing at that end. I know, I think, um, if I, I remember right, you got a lot of praise off the West Brom fans as well after mm-hmm. the game and rightly so because, um, again, we, we took a lot down there. It didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. But at the same time, he's made such a day of it, and you know, like I say, as a player coming after getting beat seven 0 and coming to the end, and literally every every single person staying and applauding the lads, it yeah. was there. Uh, you know, for getting beat seven 0 it was still a great. Well, um, Dave Allen, who does the extra heed merchandise, he's put Adam deserves a pink polo top off the supporters club. <laughs> Ask him what size he is. Uh, I'll go for large. Yeah. Large. There we go. So large boys. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> and, is that a uh, preference? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, Andy Mason sent in a tweet. Um, what are Bart's thoughts slash memories of uh, Big Dave from the Congo? Big Dave from the I remember, I remember someone set up a Twitter page for Big Dave. Yeah. Didn't they? I remember, yeah, no, he was there. Uh, so I remember at the time, I remember um, we just lost uh, Nathan Fisher, just left the club. Mm-hmm. And I remember obviously we brought Big Dave, and that's someone I tried to, uh, I tried to get him and Caroline you know, on the same page. <laughs> but, uh, 
that was I think that was a West Auckland game away. I introduced them, but Caroline wasn't having them. Once you've had fish, you never go back. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I think Big Dave wanted a bit though. I think <laughs> Big Dave was right in there. <laughs> well, I say, I, 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 someone said that we've got the best goal ratio of them on the pitch. Uh, apparently, two goals. So. <laughs> Uh, he turned up with Braintree last year on Did trial, he? yeah. Um, so he still uh, gets about. So you still got um, five minutes to send in your messages. Uh, please do so. And um, I just we mentioned goal there before. Did you yep. make a screen appearance in that? I didn't. Or not? No, no. I am. Um, to, to be honest, that summer when it was all getting done, it was all a lot of it was actually screened at the academy. They were doing a lot of training sessions. He came and joined in a few times. And I was an under eighteen at the time. I was going into my under nineteen season. And actually went away that summer to Canada with David Edgar. Uh-huh. But the only reason I actually got to go there is because we got the choice to be extras in the film. And I think they were going to pay with something like it was something like forty or fifty pound a day to go uh-huh. in over like the course of two weeks, knowing that young lads would obviously snap the hand off like any type uh-huh. of money they could get. And uh, the one of the lads that took up the option was a lad called Chris Foreman, who was a centre back um, the year below me. And he was meant to be going to Canada with Dave, but because obviously he got offered that money, he ended up doing that. And I went to Canada instead. So I could have been, yeah. but I wasn't. Well, your name was in there. <laughs> yeah. Long story short. Yeah. And um, we've got another, uh, this one's from Carl. He's put, I uh, wonder what would have been. Uh, the most dominating who would have been the most dominating in the pair between Big Dave and Caroline <laughs> we're, we're just we're just going to say it's that one <laughs> what a fool you read it now yeah. and um <laughs> Uh, it's a frightening thought. And um, we've got a tweet here. I'll read this one out from Dan Bell. Any idea when the NUFC tickets will be made available and uh, how they will be sold? I would imagine from the club website and from the box office. And I think they were trying to get Newcastle United to sell um, part of their allocation as well. So I think it would be announced in the next few days because it's only 14 days away, the game, isn't it? I think 14 or 15 days away. Was it tough, right? So it can't be 14. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Uh, so, yeah, it's... it's just over two weeks, isn't it? Uh, so, um, yeah. So, Adam, just keep your eyes peeled. The club will announce that um, when they are going to be available. So, um, yeah, it should be an interesting game. A great friendly for the club. No, a massive friendly for the club. I mean, any chance of doing that before I got released? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question regarding, obviously, Newcastle. What happened in Hong Kong when he got sent off? Oh, no, I, just, I was last man. I just cleaned someone out. I clotheslined him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd been watching the wrestling the night before. And I just thought I'm just going to spear him. So no, it just came about funny. It just came about um, a couple of days before uh, the goalkeeper Paul Wilson got back from international duty with England, and he had a bad neck, so he was going to be out for a few weeks. The under nineteen goalkeeper Brendan, um, he actually had a family holiday booked for that week because he was made away. He wasn't going to be going. And uh, the other under seventeen, uh, Ben Smith had just come back from a long, long-term cruciate knee injury, mm-hmm. so they didn't, didn't want to risk uh, risk taking Ben. They didn't want to change Brendan's plans, and also Brendan had had a back injury early in the year, mm-hmm. so they just said, "Did I want to go?" So I got found out two days before my free. Yeah, and lucky enough, it was in between me way for B course. Um, and yeah, I went out there, played five games, kept four clean sheets, and then, like I said, I wiped someone out in the last <laughs> game. got sent off. So. The, uh, must have been an experience so like have you ever been like Hong Kong or play was, football, like anywhere like that it was the second time I'd been I mean I've, I've been very lucky coming through the ranks at Newcastle as a young lad and um, being involved in the England Sea when I was as well when I was 21, 22 I've been quite a few places around the world I'd already mm. been to Hong Kong and played the national side when I was a, when I was a young lad for Newcastle um, that was in front of 24,000 at their stadium which was frightening um, been lucky enough to play in uh, Malaysia uh, Australia 
um, America, Canada, uh, Barbados and Grenada with the Indians. Yeah. Mm. It was frightening. I've been pretty much everywhere in Europe, so I've been a, a very, very lucky boy on that side of things. Mm. Spot on. Um, Neil Smith put quality podcast tonight, lads, and good luck, Adam. Um, Cheers, thanks. Sam Pellant put good luck, Adam. Thanks for all uh, of the heed memories uh, over the years. And um, say, I think we've got another tweet that's coming. I heard a vibration before. Um, no, just we haven't. Yep. Nip in there. Mm-hmm. You work with Simon Smith. I have, yeah. I mean, Simon was uh, Simon was obviously my gated legend. Or games at the club. Um, Simon was my goalkeeping coach. I went to Simon Smith soccer schools when I was eight year old. Signed at Newcastle at nine, and Simon was the academy goalkeeping coach. It was a centre of excellence back then, but Simon was the goalkeeping coach, and he was my goalkeeping coach all the way up until. I was 18 when he left the club um, after Sir Bobby was sacked and um, Roy Tungs came in under Graham Souness, a, a different goalkeeping coach and I got released three months later so Simon was a, a massive, massive inspiration for me and a huge, huge part of my career. He still is, still is, I still speak the same right. regularly. He's, he, he's got about 16 middle names, did you know that? No, I didn't know that, no. Well, it was the second one, the second one is definitely Timothy but I right. can't remember the rest <laughs> after that. Uh, next, time, next time I see him I'll ask him. Yeah. Ask him about uh, Runcorn. Okay. Davy Corner's back pass. All right, okay, I will do. He had a one, by the way. He's got the best left foot I've ever seen. Was he? Was he like that at Gator? <coughs> no, <laughs> not with his back pass. No, no. I rolled under his. It was Davy Corner pass back from twenty-five yards. Right. Air shot. Oh, and nice. um, we've we've got uh, one last tweet. We'll read that one out and then we'll wrap it up. It's from Tucky T. He said, uh, "All the best for in your career, Adam. Thanks." Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, Adam, thank you for coming on. Oh, no it's problem, been an absolute time. pleasure. And uh, seeing, I can't remember a time when we've had a safer pair of hands. And, uh, no, no, oh, no, 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 for me. You've been practising now that week, guy. <laughs> I know, in, in the mirror naked. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, so was Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but in all seriousness, though, they, they, they say yeah. there was never a panic when the ball went back here, so it's uh, been a, a delight. And no. as I say, that... Wembley was a hell of an experience, and yep. just unfortunately, that came out on the losing end. But yeah. as I say, one of the Wembley heroes, and yep. uh, forever be will be that. So no, thank you very much. Love being here. Love my time at the club. So wish Gator all the best for the future. Hope this is the year that that you get to the promised land of the football league. Let's certainly hope so. Well, um, well if you're saying for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, next forty eight hours of pivotal on that. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, as I say, everyone, thank you very much for listening, sending your messages. Um, we'll see if we've got a show next week. We might not. We'll see what kind of news happens throughout the week. Um, we need a, a, season, a summer break as well. So uh, we might not have a show next week unless we're signing loads of players. Uh, there'll not be a show next week. It'll be in two weeks' time. So remember to share the podcast. And um, if you have, have didn't play the one on how to download us, but you can download us from iTunes. Just search for Heed Army and you can listen to the beginning of the show if you've missed it. So uh, we'll see you in two weeks' time. If Well, maybe one week, but two. So um, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Cheers, bye. bye. Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself, how rogue are you gonna go? We talking, find your spirit animal in the desert rogue? Build an igloo in the middle of nowhere rogue? Or, take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared. 
Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods.